0: Romans chapter 12, turn over there, Romans chapter 12. Then I'll need some volunteers to look up some verses, perhaps, if we get to it. I've got a ton of things to get to. Uh, my quiver is full of uh, information tonight. Like last week, I was, uh, had so much to share, and I went over, and I'll try not to go over this week, but uh, I've just got a ton of things to deal with here. Um, what, I, what my goal is, is this. I'm, I'm going to just tell you what I'm hoping to see happen. Uh, and it's probably going to be like the end of February just because the way things are happening with next week we have evangelist Dave Young with us for the day. Uh, The week after that we have our missions conference and that'll be for the day. Uh, So I won't be preaching to you any of those two Sundays. And uh, so by the time we get through everything that I would like to get through on this and then get ready for it, it'll probably be closer to the end of February. But at the end of February, my goal is uh, on that Sunday morning to literally have like a um, a uh, ministry fair taking place in the entryway. And as people leave, uh, there are booths for you to go and sign your name in blood for what you are willing to do for the church, you understand? Uh, to kind of say, okay, this is it. I've been thinking about it. I've been praying about it. Pastor's been encouraging us towards something, and uh, this is what I think that God would have me to do and, and see if God opens that door, right? Like we were talking about last week, just see if, if the door is open. Obviously, if 55 people sign up for one ministry that requires two people, it might be difficult for that door to be open to everyone. But the idea is that, you know, we want to see what God is leading you toward and see what opportunities we have. And what opportunities we create as well and kind of go from there. So we're going to look tonight, Romans chapter 12, that famous passage of scripture, which talks about how God gifts everyone in the church. If you are here this evening and you know Jesus Christ, your savior, then this verse is directly about you. God has gifted you and he's gifted you so that you can bring your gift into the body of the church and put it to work. And uh, your job is to figure out that gift or gifts. I believe that uh, the gifts are more fluid, and I'll tell you, talk to you about that in just a little bit. But uh, to figure that out and then to take the gift that God has given you and put it to work, uh, to utilize the gift uh, in particular that God has given you. So we'll look at the gifts tonight. And then I'm going to begin tonight to list out those 60 some ministries that we have I may not get through them Uh, I know that's a lot but what I want you to do and we're gonna take the time to do this is to identify the ministry with a gift so that you can begin to think okay this is a ministry possibility because sometimes I think that it's just a matter of a disconnect okay I I feel like I could Like, I I have this gift, but we don't know how that gift fits in, in a practical sense, into the ministry. And so what we want to do is make this very practical, all right? And uh, so we'll take a look at that. As we're in Romans chapter 12, we're going to start in verse 4, read through verse 8, then kind of dissect it a little bit, and then jump back and just start blitzing through ministry opportunities and kind of go from there. Verse 4 says for as we for as we have many members in one body this would be take a look around you this would be many members one body we all make up southeast baptist Tabernacle, but we're all made up we're, we're all of different members and guess what we're all different every single one of us some of us more different than others but we're different right and uh, so that's okay god has brought us all together many members one body and all members have not the same office Guess what you 're not all the pastor now, over the years, some people have wanted to be the pastor, not literally they just want to tell the pastor how to pastor and uh, that's always fun, but that's okay because you feel like I do that to you every Sunday. I try to tell you how to do your job too i I 'm all about that let's let's have the conversation just when the, in the end let 's let the Lord be the one to lead right uh, so we, all, we don't have all the same office, uh, so we being many are one body in christ and Help us as uh, we look at these gifts that you've given to this body tonight to be able to see just how you've gifted us and what you would have us to do with that gift and how it might impact uh, the ministry of Southeast Baptist Tabernacle, our outreach to the lost and dying world, our, our input into the lives of the people that you bring our way, how it might strengthen this church, this body, and cause us to be more like your Son. Help us to be willing to put the gift that you've given to the work that you've provided for. And we'll thank and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let's take a look at these, uh, these gifts that are given real quickly. And let's just kind of help you to understand them. Prophecy has with it a two, uh, a two w- kind of way meaning in the scripture. And it does in the scripture and is used to prophesy as in to foretell the future that is a legitimate understanding of the word prophesying. It also though has with it the understanding of declaring, of telling. Uh, A prophet in the Old Testament wasn't someone who just told the future. In fact, many of the prophets did not tell the future. Uh, What the prophets often did was simply proclaim God's truth. And so they were declarative in that fashion. And you get the book of Proverbs and you see this word prophecy used in kind of a unique way as well, as it carries with it the idea of discernment, of being able to discern, to understand, and to grasp things uh, in a unique way. All of these kind of fit together in this category, not so much the foretelling of future, since that kind of prophesying has been put aside for this time frame of the church age. Look at First Corinthians 13 again. It has come to an end. And so here we are without that kind of prophesying. But the discerning and the proclaiming uh, of God's truth is there. A prophet in our day and age, a prophet in the church, is someone who can kind of cut to the core. You know, they're able to see a circumstance and figure out what needs to happen pretty quickly because they can discern uh, that, that inner issue that needs to be dealt with. Uh, around all the frivolous stuff that gets kind of caught up in there. A prophet has to be careful because often because they're very declarative people uh, and they can speak the truth, uh, they often forget the last part of Ephesians 4.15, speaking the truth in love, and uh, that prophet sometimes struggles with that portion of it because they see what needs to be done and they think the rest of us are idiots because we don't see it so clearly. And if we're not careful, if they're not careful, they uh, can kind of rub people the wrong way as they're speaking. Yes, it's true, but not speaking the truth of love. So, but boy, we are glad to have prophets. I am married to a prophet. My wife is one of those people. She can see things faster than I can. And she gets frustrated when I'm still dealing with the fluff. And she's like, Hello. And, uh, you know, so it's a great thing to have prophets in our lives. I would say, by the way, that women often have this gift. Uh, Now, colloquially, we call this a woman's intuition. Uh, And it is just simply a truth. Guys, you can fight this all you want, you're going to lose. Uh, It is just the truth. God has gifted them with the ability. So what our wives do is our wives will say things like, stay away from that lady. She's trouble. And you're sitting there saying, oh, she's just, all she wants me to do is come over and change her tire. You know, you better be listening to your wife. Read Proverbs 7 one more time, lest you be that simple guy standing on the corner, right? And uh, so often, uh, it's that kind of thing. That's a prophet. And maybe that's uh, something that God has gifted you for, that gift of discernment, that gift of, of proclamation of the truth. And then we see the next one in the list is ministry. And it is just that. It is that person who has a servant's heart. It is that person who just simply can't get enough of, of coming alongside somebody else and helping them. You know, when you're out there and you're, you're kind of like uh, wrapping up the trash bags and getting ready to carry them out, somebody says, Here, let me carry that out for you you know why they have a gift and it's the gift of ministry that they just they enjoy that concept of of ministry they just if you just give them the simple things to do and just let them help they'll just help to no end they don't want to be in charge typically but they will help you till you just can't find something for them to do you know uh, that's that wonderful gift of ministry and and uh, boy everybody who's ever been in charge of a ministry knows how important it is to have gifted people with the gift of ministry around them so that that can get done, and it's a wonderful thing. Just to let you know, some people already came up this morning and said, Pastor John, I will take care of the sidewalks. Pastor Andrew doesn't need to be doing that. You know why? Because that's what they have, the gift of ministry, and they're just willing. They just, just tell me what I need to do. Where's the shovel? I'll go shovel it. You know, I just didn't know where the shovel was. That's all, you know, it's that kind of a thing. So uh, uh, that's that gift of ministry. Teaching. Not everyone can teach. If you've ever sat in a class of someone who isn't a teacher, you know what I'm talking about. Now, I will grant you that for some of you, it doesn't matter who the teacher is. If you don't want to be taught, it doesn't change things, right? I mean, that's part of it is that, remember remember the uh, story of the four kinds of soil your job is to come with the soil prepared for the word of God and if your soil is not prepared for the word of God it doesn't matter how good the teacher is when it falls on wayside soil the birds come along and eat the seed up before it does any good and it has nothing to do with the teacher it has to do with the soil but boy I tell you it's hard to come prepared with soil ready to go and then Find a guy who, or a lady who's just not gifted with the gift of teaching, but boy, you find somebody who's gifted in teaching, and it's like, what? Class is over already, and and it's you know we just can't we we're drinking it in. It's like they can't give us enough, and uh, some some of you have that wonderful gift of teaching, and and uh, teaching has to be graduated. Some of you, I do not do little kids well. Now, if you ever seen me like in Vacation Bible School, I can stand up and act like. Uh, I don't have any sense, and, and I can have a good time with little kids. I really can. But I taught second grade for a week and a half one time. Monica Stratton was sick, and they asked me to come in and substitute for her. And I was three days into teaching second grade and realized, I can't teach second grade. It's above me to teach second grade. I'm, I'm writing on the board, and the little kids are like, Pastor Ray, you're not making that letter right. They're right. I'm not. I look up. I'm, so I'm I'm literally writing on the board, looking up at the lettering, up the, You know how they have to the try to make sure because I don't know how to teach second grade. I don't know how to get this kid to sit still and listen to, and, and re- when they're when they're frustrating over the words, uh, uh, the uh, the I'm so I'm so frustrated already. I'm like, just let me read it. You know? <laughs> I'm not that teat. That's not me. All right, it's just not. I'm just being honest with you. Uh, but so it's graduated, sometimes you can do that grade, great, and adults scare you half to death, so uh, it is what it is. The next gift, exhortation, that is that gift of, Barnabas was that gift of consolation, that comforter. Uh, Some of you have this gift down so beautifully, you know, somebody's hurting, it's just that you rally to them, you know, somebody needs help, you're rallying to them, you have that wonderful gift of exhortation, and God's given it to you. The gift of giving, and it literally means giving of everything, not just money, time, talent treasure it's the the willingness to invest uh, uh, the knowing how to invest and make that investment you know work really well, uh, whether it 's time, whether it's talent whether it 's treasure and so uh and many of you have the gift of giving and, and so figuring out how to put that to work in a church ministry, and then ruling it says he that ruleth uh, let him let 's see where does it say that at uh, ruleth with diligence, and so it 's uh it's that gift of ruling which is administration It's some of you I drive nuts I know I drive you nuts because I, I am I'm a little scattered I, I know that I'm aware that I like activity you know I, I do Just you know keep keep it moving I'm excited you know just let's keep it moving and but when you get to the minutia and the detail it gets monotonous to some of us and but some of you you're detail oriented. You know, you want every dot eyed or every I dotted and every T crossed, and, you know, that's your thing. And uh, boy, we need that. We, in order to make a ministry run smoothly, you've got to have that kind of organization happening. And uh, so, you know, you, you need people who know how to administrate, how to, uh, you know, make something function. And uh, so, God has gifted some of you. So that you could step in and say, here's what needs to be done. This, 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 you go do this, go do this, and in five minutes you've got it working like a machine. You know, whereas everybody else was just kind of like, ah, and uh waiting for somebody like you to step in. And so, you know, in ministry, you've got to have those kinds of people who are gonna step in and, and make that thing work. And if God's giving you that gift, then use it. Usually, not usually I don't know about usually, but often the gift of ruling, and the gift of prophecy are hand in hand. And again, that's that dangerous combination, because you're over there trying to dot the I's and cross the T's and telling us all that, what needs to be done, and you got to speak that truth in love. And, and it's a difficult thing. And so sometimes the people who know how to administrate need that ministry person need that teaching person, need that mercy person to come alongside and help kind of soften what they're doing as it filters out to the actual ministry. And so that's why it's so important to have everybody doing their part. Uh, and then mercy is the last one. And, you know, that, just think about the gift of mercy. Uh, I, I, I always like to describe the gift of mercy this way. Uh, again, we're going to fall back on you ladies. You're driving by and you see a hurt puppy, and um, the ladies want to pick it up, take it home, nurse it back to health. The guys want to put it out of its misery. <laughs> you get the I mean, there's there's just a difference in the way we kind of view things, and uh, and, and boy, I tell you, you know, I can understand that perhaps with the puppy, but when it's people, you know, when does the Lord put us out of our misery? What he does is he sends that person with the gift of mercy to nurse us back to health. And it's hard to do because, you know, I remember we had a dog got hit out in front of the church one time. It was our neighbor's dog. And uh, I hear this whop and I hear this scream and I see this little girl standing in the the yard and her dog had just gotten hit. So I run over there because she's heading toward her dog, right? And this is out in the street. Well, guess what? As I'm trying to help this dog off the street, guess what that dog didn't want me to do? Didn't want me to help, right? So the dog is literally trying to bite me while I am trying to help the dog. Now, it takes mercy to keep helping because people are the same way. You step in, try to help them, and often they're not ready for your help. And they're really chewing your arm off as you're trying to help. And if you don't have the gift of mercy, you're going to get discouraged very quickly. But when you have the gift of mercy, then that's that person who can step in and have that patience to say, you know what, if you need to chew on my arm for a while, go ahead. I can take it. Because in the end, I'm going to be there to help you. That's mercy. And when a ministry is given those things, and by the way, I believe every ministry is given these gifts. They're sitting here. What we have to do is make sure that we're using the gifts that God has given to us. Now, I told you I think that they're fluid. Here's what I'm going to say to you. I do not believe that it's like a one-time, you have this gift and you can never have anything else. I believe that if God were to put me in a certain circumstance and situation that I needed to have a different gift, that he is able to gift me at that moment to do that job. You understand what I'm saying? I do not believe that this is like a one time and this is the way it is. I do think that there's a personality-based bent toward the gifts that God has given to us. But, you know, what I'm trying to say to you is, I've, I've known some people to say, well, I would volunteer to help Pastor John, but I don't have that gift. Well, okay, so we're just gonna leave it undone? This is a, this is a good solution. No, it's not, right? So you might have to get outside of your comfort box and do something that you don't feel that comfortable sometimes. That's okay. But quite honestly, in a congregation this size, all the gifts working together, we should be able to accomplish all that God has called Southeast Papists to do if we simply identify the gifts that God has given to us and then put them to work in the opportunities he's given to us. Now, very quickly, because I'm going to run out of time, I'm going to run through some, some ministry opportunities, and I want you to yell out to me what gift you think would be appropriate for that particular ministry. I'm going to tell you that many of these ministries, in fact, probably most of them, would fit more than one gift. Do you understand? It's not like a one-on-one correlation for everything. Uh, So, you know, and then as you're thinking, well, I wonder which gift I have. Most of you probably have already kind of started to figure that out, whether or not you have that gift of administration or the gift of mercy, the gift of giving or the gift of teaching or the gift of uh, discernment. You've probably already started to figure that out. Then you can say, okay, knowing that, then as we say, this is a ministry and here's a gift. Oh, that's a that's a ministry. Maybe I need to begin to think about and pray about. Maybe that's a ministry opportunity for me. I've got the gift, and there's the ministry opportunity. So let's just kind of run through uh some of these and see what, what we have. Um I'm I'm clustering this whole group of events called revival events. Around revival time, uh we do meals every night, we do prayer meetings, we do um visitation and I mean I, I'm clustering all of that around kind of revival events, all right? Just so you know. So things that happen during what we typically call our revival meetings. All right, that's not necessarily a good definition of or the good terminology because revival isn't a meeting. You understand? Revival is. You can have revival without having a revival meeting, and you can have a revival meeting without having a revival, right? But we'll call, for the sake of understanding what we're talking about, our week in June typically. Uh, so, what? What, uh, as you think through those events, uh, what gifts come to mind for you? Just start hollering them out at me. Ministry. There are going to be a lot of ministry gifts opportunities there. There are. I mean, if we feed people every night, we do. And I'm telling you, when I say we feed people, we feed 200 people a night, roughly. Every night. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Every night. Now, I don't know if you've stopped to think about that, but every night... After 200 people eat, something has to be done to get ready for the next night, right? I mean, have you ever walked away from your dining room table and it'd be ready for the next meal? Something has to happen, right? If there's food being prepared, something has to happen. There's a ton of ministry. I mean, it could be taking out the trash, cleaning off a table, sweeping up a floor, uh, cooking a meal. Uh, it, it could be serving during the meal for people who have trouble, you know, carrying their tray and their walker and their whatever and getting everything up. It could be a lot of different things. There's tons of ministry opportunities there. Ministry is a great one. Any others? Administration. Somebody's got to organize that thing, right, Miss Carrie? Somebody's got to watch over that thing. She's like, yeah, come on, Pastor, keep going. Miss Carrie heads that up for us and it works like clockwork because she can administrate it. I'm so glad that I eat. Isn't that great? I eat. Somebody else does all that stuff. I just get to enjoy the meal. And so uh, you get the idea. So that's revival events. How about, um, we have funeral meals and meals for moms that we do. Those are two separate ministries that we do. Miss Carlene heads those up for us. If someone dies, we try to make sure that uh, the family is provided with food at at the visitation time and then a meal after the service if they would like for us to do that. And by the way, we do this for people we don't know. I'm being very serious. If someone that you know dies and they don't have a pastor, then you come to me and say, Pastor, you know, th- can we do a service for them? Sure. And once we're involved, we're involved. It's 100%. Uh, we offer it all. And I offer it without hesitation. You know why I do that? Because I know that when I offer, if they say, yes, we would like the meal, that all I have to do is make a call, and it happens. I don't do it, but it happens. And uh, so what would be a gift for that? Ministry and perhaps exhortation, encouragement, perhaps mercy, perhaps whatever. You get the idea. You're, you're, you're kind of filling it in. Good job. How about this one? Uh, we have a prayer chain. Uh, Brother Andy kind of heads up the prayer chain. It works primarily through the Golden Prayer Warriors, but it's not limited to the Golden Prayer Wars. It works through the Golden Prayer Wars because they have been so good about signing up for it and doing it. But honestly they don't turn you down it's just that's kind of what it is but if you call me and say pastor uh, I need some prayer the first thing I do is call Andy and say Andy we need some prayer and a prayer chain begins and within moments we have a lot of people praying you know which sometimes that's not always necessary pastor I need prayer I'm gonna have, I have a doctor's appointment on Thursday okay you know we don't necessarily need prayer in moments but that's what we do anyway because that's what you did you started the prayer chain so we started it but boy if you're saying i need some prayer i just got a call and they're taking my son to the hospital with chest pains you want prayer and a lot of it right away right and so we have this thing called a prayer chain and that's what we do what would be the the uh, ministry gift of prayer chain grace that ministry of mercy grace and mercy what else Ministry would be one of those. But there is perhaps another one. Okay, we've got administration happening. Wow, this is just going to use them all. Keep going. Because there's one other big one I want to put out there. Discernment. That's right, prophecy. You know, when you're praying, don't you want somebody who knows what... I mean, you know, when, when you're in panic mode, if you've ever gotten one of these prayer requests, it's like they're just throwing everything at you and you've gotta figure out what you should be praying for. And it is wonderful to hear somebody say, Lord, help them to get through the emergency room in a timely fashion, and to find the doctor that n- they need to see. Because you know, not every doctor is as good as the one that they might need to see for the, what they're going through. And you, you're, you need that discerning Person praying, They don't even know how to pray and what to pray for, and uh, so that's going to be an important one. Um, how about, um, I'll just give you these real quickly, we don't ask you to tell them these. Uh, we have a men's prayer time that happens during the service, we have a men's Monday prayer meeting that happens on Monday mornings. Uh, we have our uh, camp uh, rat patrol thing, I always call it rat patrol, I'm the only one that calls it that because that means nothing to your kids anymore. Uh, all of us old people say, "Oh yeah, Rat Patrol. I know what that is." And the kids are like, "Rat Patrol, whatever. Okay, Pastor's weird name for it." But there used to be an old TV show called Rat Patrol. But the reason we call it R A T Rent a Teen, and so rather than just call it Rat, uh, I always just add Patrol because I don't want to insult your kids. So you know, Rat Patrol. And uh, so you rent a teen. That takes some organization, but it takes what would be a major gift for Rat Patrol. The gift of giving. Hey, if I'm gonna if I'm a teenager and I'm gonna go work for you, I want you to have the gift of giving. You know what I'm saying? I don't wanna go spend three hours washing your windows and you give me three bucks saying thanks a lot, I appreciate it, that'll help me out to get to camp. I want you to be the guy that, you know, I go and work for three minutes washing your car and you say, Oh, here's twenty-five bucks. Yeah, that's the guy I want to go to. The, you know, he's got the gift of giving because his desire is to encourage you in that thing over there. So, you know, it's, that's going to take a gift of giving. And somebody said, "Boy, I'd like to help out, Pastor. And th- by the way, three bucks, they'll do it. I mean, there's, we do not say anything ahead of time. It's whatever the Lord lays on your heart, whatever the Lord enables you to do. But let me just tell you that we have never one time left a kid back here because of money, ever. You've never, you've never made us do that. We always have more than enough. In fact, usually, I hesitate to tell you this because I don't want you to quit giving. But usually, we have so much extra money given that I'm not making this up. We usually stop and have a really nice meal, either on the way down to camp or on the way back. You know, we'll stop at Cracker Barrel or something like that and eat a nice meal, because you guys have given us enough money that we've got that much money left over to help out with the teens. It's great. I love that. The gift of giving, and it's just a wonderful thing. Um, let, me, uh, let me get a couple more in here, and I'm, I'm out of time. Uh, by the way, that's not even all. of. I've got these ministries, I told you last week, divided up into categories. This is the category of edification that we've been looking at, how to edify the body of Christ. Most of these ministries are to the church people, right? Uh, we're out there serving meals and we're out there doing funerals and, and uh, we're doing, uh, having prayer time, it's ministering to you. And so it's the, the ministry that falls under the category of edifying the body. Um, so let's jump to one that's uh, on an outreach side. How about the tract rack? Does it bug some of you that the tract rack is sporadically there? You know when the tract rack usually gets filled? when somebody comes to Pastor or Pastor Andrew and says, hey, we're out of tracks. Oh, and the dangerous part about that is that we usually end up saying, oh, well, then we need to order some. In other words, it's going to be a couple of weeks. It, it, you know, because that's not what we, honestly, we just don't spend the week looking at the track track. I'm not trying to be mean about it. We just don't, you know. And people are taking tracks constantly, which is great. That's what one want you to do. Uh, and, so what kind of ministry, you know, what kind of ministry gifts would be good for that kind of ministry? If somebody said, "The track rack will become my ministry pastor. I'll take care of it." What what ministry gift would you need to have? Administration. Let's organize this. Let's see. I want I'm to, I, whenever I get down to uh, 50 tracks left, I need to be ordering rather than down to 5 tracks left and saying, "Oops, I need to order." Right? Uh, that's just an administration issue, it really is just somebody just take the responsibility to get that done and uh and so it's that kind of a thing um, how about um if we were to and and no when we let me say it that way when we start up our drama events uh you know when we get that walkway in i'm I, i'm it's a burning desire for me to see us do a Christmas walk and an Easter walk. I would like to see us do like, either at the 4th of July or on Veterans Day, do a what we would perhaps call a veterans walk or a or a heritage walk or something like that. And like one year we might emphasize Vietnam. And at each of the different stations, there would be maybe somebody giving a famous speech from that time or uh, a, there would be information given to, about a, a battle that took place, maybe a, a reenactment of different things. Another time, World War II, World War One, you know, Civil War. And, um, and you honor the veterans as they're going through, but you also kind of teach what God was doing in the nation of the um, United States of America during these war times, because usually war has brought revival to America, usually. And uh, so it would be... Interesting to see how God's working uh, in and through that. So, what kind of things would need to be for that? A drama ministry. Okay, obviously, administration again. What else? Ministry. Giving. Why giving? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, something, by the way, giving isn't always money. And some of you can do things with costuming. You know, I mean, my idea of costuming is let's look it up on Amazon and buy it, which can get expensive. But some of you can, because you have the imagination and because you have some material laying around, whatever, and you can come up with a costume that's better than I could buy anyway, and I can prove that to you. We have some costumes already that we have used for some of our Christmas cantatas and things, and they're beautiful. And they were made by ladies here in the church uh, who just simply said, hey, I can do that. You don't have to buy that, I can do that. Because I don't know if you're aware, uh, for instance, remember a couple years ago we did the, the uh, Fourth of July thing and we had our guys dressed up in, in uh, period uniforms and things? We rented those costumes. We rented them because they were period pieces and we wanted them to, be, to look authentic. And some of you are going to be angry when I tell you this, but we rented them for six hundred dollars. It's like renting a tux. Doesn't it frustrate you to no end to rent a tux for a wedding? That'll be one hundred seventy-five dollars, please. You're going to wear it for two hours, seriously, and then somebody else is going to wear it. How many times have they paid for this tux? You know. And one time, my niece said, "You know, Pastor or John, I'd like for you, Uncle John, I'd like for you to do my wedding," and um, and we'll rent you a tux. I'm like, would you please just give me the money and let me buy a suit? Because I can wear that suit for years. And, you know, and it's a much better use of your money. And if you're going to spend it anyway, I just soon have the suit. They're like, oh, well, I mean, to them, it was like, they hadn't even thought of it. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I bought the suit, you know, and in fact, this may be the suit I'm wearing right now. It's a black suit. I love it. Uh So, uh, you know, it, it's, Think about it, you know, that's what it is. So you get the, okay, I'm taking up more time than I need to take up. Let me me add a couple more here. Here's some things that we need to add. Let me talk about some things we're adding. Outreach is, can I say this as your pastor, and everything rises and falls on leadership, so guess who's responsible for this? All right, I'm not hiding behind this. Outreach is our weakest area of ministry. We are exceptional in the edification side. We love coming alongside and loving on each other. We're good at it. We really are. You'll find, you'll be hard pressed to find a church that's better at loving each other than this church is. But our weakness is outreach. That's where we struggle. And so I'm trying to look at some outreach ministry opportunities. I gave you the, the drama thing. How about a, uh, a MOPS program? Now, hear me out. I'm not, I hesitate to say MOPS because I know that MOPS is like this ecumenical thing out there, and we're not that, all right? I know that. But if you want to reach young families, then I tell you, you start ministering to their moms, to to the moms and the little kids, and you've got a ministry that will happen. I'm not talking about a daycare. I don't want a daycare. I'm talking about where moms actually come and we minister to the moms too. You know, those MOPS programs, when they start up in a church, they usually run 40, 50 people in a matter of two weeks. They're hugely popular. Because every stay-at-home mom is like, I need something to do. I need some place to go where they don't care if my kids are a little bit noisy. You understand? And that's what MOPS programs provide. All the moms of preschoolers, like, they're smiling and nodding, Yes, Pastor. We do understand. So it'd be great to have that kind of a ministry, right? And you could use that as outreach because it's people who don't belong to our church are coming in to avail themselves of that. And they're right alongside people who do go to our church. And now we're talking to them about the Lord and how the Lord works in their lives and things like that. How about just counseling? What kind of, what kind of ministry need or ministry gift would be needed for counseling? The gift of prophecy. Somebody comes in and says, gift of mercy. Somebody comes in and says, I've got a problem. You've got to be willing to hear it. Sometimes it's, you know, okay, I've got to, and you've got to listen to that and have the mercy to listen to it. And sometimes it's prophecy of saying, I I need to know what the real problem is and cut to the chase, right? But you you know what counseling is? If they're saved, it's called discipleship. If they're unsaved, it's called evangelism. That's exactly right but to the world it's called counseling pastor I need some help yes you do And you know what that help is it's the Lord whether you're saved or whether you're not still the same so it's either discipleship teaching them how to be better disciples of Christ or evangelism bringing them to Christ it's a great ministry opportunity scares some of you half to death but if you've got the gift of discernment maybe you should consider preparing yourself for that kind of a ministry. Maybe our church should consider having available that kind of ministry to people. It's called outreach, right? This is how you do it. Um, Okay, I'm out of time, and I've given you about 15 or so of the 60-some ministries that we have either available or that we need to pray about starting up. And I'm asking you, First of all, do you know what gift you have? Not do you have a gift. That's not the right question. Yes, you have a gift. God's gifted all of us so that the body of Christ can work well together. The question is, do you know what gift you have or gifts that you have? I believe you might have more than one. Probably do. And then, are you using your gifts? That's the question. Say this is my gift but I'm doing this over here which is outside of my gift. That's great, I'm glad that you're doing that, I appreciate it. But is there a way to use your gift to impact the body of Christ? And that's what I'm asking begin to think about, pray about, and come the end of February, let's make sure that all of us are carrying our own water, so to speak. We're all doing the job that God's called us to do. And I believe, folks, if we can do this, I mean, if like 80% of the people of our church would do this, 2017 will be an incredible year in the history of Southeast Baptist Tabernacle. Uh, Right now, our banner year is the year we built this building. In one week, we grew by 100 people. Remember that? Some of you think that that's not possible, but... All of you who are here know that's what happened. We grew by 100 people in one week. When we were over there, we had 150 people, we moved over here, and we had 250 people immediately, and that's where we stayed, or more. It was just in one week. That's been an incredible year. But that's now been nine years ago. It's time for another banner year, don't you think? You can only live in the past so long, folks. I'm glad for that year. That was an exciting time. But I want to see what God's doing in 2017 here at Southeast Baptist Church.